0: Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook Noctis Point, Chapter 17 Alex looked up from the soft screen as Kingly rose to his feet. What's up? Looking around, Alex realised that a few of the other students sat out on the quad were getting up and pointing. Check it out. It's the princess, Kingley said, something approaching reverence in his voice. Never thought I'd see her for real. Alex's head snapped up. Sure enough, moving quickly from one building to another with the principal in tow was Her Imperial Highness, Princess Ariadne. Alex stood up slowly. Should we... should we bow or something? he murmured too late, Natasha said. The black-suited woman was already moving into a building, heading towards the shuttle bay. Wonder what she's here for? They sat back down in a circle. It was the afternoon, a free study time for most of the students, and the quad was busy. All of the locust pitches were occupied. Okay," Natasha said, so I'd like to show you guys something. She took out a small black ball from her bag. I was working on this last night. Alex watched her place the ball onto the grass. Don't you think it's weird that we've been here so little time and yet we're already able to do this stuff? Weren't you listening this morning? Kingley tapped Alex's head. You've got more up here than most. Whole bits of brain just dedicated to psyching. Right now, you can't use it up quick enough. More's made to replace it. That's not true forever, though, Alex said. Eventually the strain becomes too much, and then... Will you two shut up for a moment, Natasha said, then smiled sweetly. Please? They fell silent and she closed her eyes. Alex watched, feeling the slight rippling effect that he'd already come to associate with psyching. There weren't many places to go during lessons and it felt like most of the student body were on the quad, reading, testing each other or just talking. It served another purpose. Out on the grass, everyone could see you. There were no places for stealth attacks. There'd been no sign of Raz in the morning's lesson, and when Alex had asked about it, he'd been told that Raz was receiving one-to-one tuition. Slowly, Natasha moved forward and touched her finger to the ball. As she brought her arm back in, the ball stayed stuck onto her finger, as if she'd coated it in glue. Natasha opened her eyes, saw the ball, and grinned. She waved her hand, the ball still firmly attached to her fingertip. Wow, that's... Pretty awesome, actually, Alex said. I know, right? I showed Miss Trigton, and she reckons I'll be able to do it at range eventually. Kingly leaned forward. How are you able to open your eyes and maintain the hold on the ball? Ah, that bit's easy. You know how, when you want to learn something and keep it in your head just long enough to make a note of it, you sort of put it in a holding pattern in your short-term memory? Natasha shrugged. It's kind of like that. Yeah, well, Kingly said, grinning, neat trick. Shame if you were to lose concentration. Without warning, Kingly lurched forward and Natasha yelped, tumbling over backwards. There was a buzzing noise that quickly receded. In a moment, she was upright again and she smacked Kingly's shoulders. You absolute bastard! Where's the ball? Alex said, looking around. I had it in a field when Kingly scared me, Natasha said. She looked around carefully. Hey, what's that? Someone said off to one side, pointing up at the dome. Alex looked up. A black dot surrounded by a webwork of cracks was above them. The cloud patterns, normally smoothly transitioning from left to right, were warping and bending around the little ball, firmly embedded in the projection. Natasha's face was ashen. Oh my god, I could have killed someone. Oh crap, Kingly breathed. The cracks are spreading. What do we do? Run, Alex said and grabbed his bag. They covered the distance to the residential block at a dead sprint and didn't stop until they breathlessly crashed into the room King Lee and Alex shared. Natasha threw herself down onto a chair while the boys sat at the end of their beds. That was interesting, Alex puffed. Now what? A knock sounded at the door and then Elsie's voice chimed in out of the air. Now what largely depends on whether you plan to own up to the maintenance men outside your door or not, she said. The knock sounded again. Natasha sighed and moved over to the door. Sure, what's the worst that can happen? An hour later, they filed out of the principal's office. A week in the kitchens, Alex said, shaking his head in disbelief. I didn't even do anything. You were the one that told us to run, Kingley said. Haven't been told off like that, like a child, since I left school. Look at it this way, Natasha said. It's not like we have massive social lives. Alex shook his head. Easy for you to say. You're done as soon as you've mended the damage. And you think that'll take no time at all? I used to help Dad out with things like this. It'll take forever. Kingley shrugged. Well, I'll see you both, he said. First shift mowing the quads starts now. Have fun. Yeah, you too, Alex said, matching his sarcasm. Natasha and Alex walked in silence for a minute, passing a couple of groups of experienced Sykes. They were apparently testing their shield strength, and Alex watched carefully to see if they were just playing or whether they were actively trying to hurt each other. After a few seconds, he decided it didn't really matter. The end result would be the same if one of their shields failed. Is that what will happen to us, he wondered. Will we become so cavalier with our lives? What's up, Alex? Natasha said you've had this funny look on you all day. What the hell, he thought and sighed. You're going to think I'm paranoid, he said as they left the quad, but Raz is dangerous. You're starting to sound obsessed, Alex. I was talking to Kingley earlier and he said, Alex shook his head angrily, it's more than that. I was practising last night, couldn't sleep and I pushed my SI right out of the room. There's an air vent and you can sort of funnel it through there. He stopped as he realised that Natasha was staring at him, a strange expression on her face. What? That's really clever, she said. I'd never have thought of it that way. Like squeezing a balloon into a tunnel. She grinned and grabbed his arm. They told us you couldn't look through walls, but if there was a tiny pinprick, you could. It might be difficult, but you could do it. Well, I used it to look into the room next door. Her expression turned to one of disgust. What? That's a bit perverted, isn't it? She narrowed her eyes at his expression. Whose room is it? Raz's. And William's. Were they... No, I don't want to know. No, nothing like that. Alex blushed furiously, suddenly realising what she had thought. Worse, if anything. Raz was practising TK and it looked like he had a pretty good control over it. He had a dozen things in the air and they were all super controlled. And he knew I was there. How? I don't know, he just looked right at me. I had a point of view on the edge of my SI. Alex shrugged, unable to put it into words. There's probably a proper term for that, but I have no idea what it is. Me either. Well, I think you're overreacting. He's probably just homesick like the rest of us, but look, we've got shielding in a couple of days. You might find that you can pick that up, get round whatever's blocking you from psyching. Frustration, tinged with anxiety, welled up inside Alex. I guess, he said. But what if I'll keep an eye out for him too, Natasha said. Don't worry. Besides, you'll be in the kitchens now when you're not in class. Yeah, thanks for that, Alex said. They reached the residential block and went in, walking up to a crossroads. Four corridors stretched off, each lined with identical doors. It was pretty awesome though. What? You're psyching. You'll be an amazing psych, I'm sure. He rested a hand on her shoulder for a moment. She smiled back. You too. Then she turned and walked down towards her room. Alex checked the time, just long enough to go and change into new overalls before his first shift. He walked briskly down the corridor and thumbed the door open panel for his room. Inside, he quickly stripped, tossing the old overalls into the disposal slot and grabbed a new pair. Leaving his bag and soft screen on the bed, he went back out into the corridor and almost walked straight into Raz. Hey, Null. Null the thin boy said. Then he reached out a hand. Alex turned and ran but all too quickly felt an invisible hand grabbing him. It was a clumsy grip as if the hand were missing a few muscles and for a moment he carried on moving. Then one of the bands of force found his ankle and he was flying through the air to land sprawling against a wall. Something went crunch in his arm and pain blossomed hot and red. The world contracted to a burning crimson tunnel that contained nothing but his own body, the pain, and Raz's laughing face. Alex felt himself lifted up, felt the ghost-like fingers squeeze and heard the bones in his arm crackle as they rubbed against each other. Someone was screaming, using his voice. No one to hear you, really, Raz said calmly. This isn't personal, by the way. I just need to prove myself to those black sons. You know, they think they're the best here. But they have no idea. Right in with the popular kids. That's where I'll be. Untouchable. Sarcasm and mocking sympathy edged his voice as he stalked closer. And you're such an easy target, Null. I'd have done William, but that's a little too obvious. And then I felt you peeking last night. Can't have that. Elsie! Alex ground out, tears streaming down his face. Nope. Raz said, she's not seeing this. Didn't know that, did you? Because of this. He reached into his pocket with his free hand and pulled out a small metal box about the size of a pack of cards. EMP field generator. These have been around for over a hundred years. Only temporary, sadly. And then there's the chance she'll notice the gap in the sensors. In the back of Alex's mind, something tickled, a cold feeling that quickly spread. Is this death? He wondered. The coldness didn't feel numb though. It was like a crackling sphere of frost, coating every neuron, every synapse, and spreading quickly through his head. It was so cold that it burned. He felt Raz's fingers grip his head, preparing to break his neck, and he screamed. The blazing coldness exploded outwards, riding the edge of his SI, coating walls, ceilings, floors with invisible rhyme. It blasted through Raz, suddenly so easy to see, outlined in blue, and carried on, Dimly, Alex felt his consciousness leaking into air vents, under door cracks, around and through and over, leaving psychic ice wherever it went. And then it was over, and he slumped to the ground, released. Alex looked up, blearily, black feathers of unconsciousness dancing at the edge of his vision. Raz was looking at his hands in shock. "'I... I can't psych,' he said, then stared at Alex. "'What have you done to me? What have you done?' He turned and ran, and Alex let the pain thrilling through his body wash over him like a black wave. You've been listening to chapter 17 of my novel, Noctis Point. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not check out stevecookfiction.com, where you'll find more episodes and blogging about writing. If you have a story that you would like to hear read on Pocket Fiction, please get in touch.